Thank you for listening to BLC's Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message, brought to you by John Crumpton. For more podcasts, news, and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. I don't even have to ask you if you're a prophetic people, because if I had to ask you which book we would be preaching from, you'd tell me it was Colossians. But how's this? How? I mean, kind of like, oh my goodness. About four weeks ago, Heinz Winkler came and visited us for the weekend. And as he's on the airplane flying here, the Lord interrupts him and says, I want you to preach from Colossians chapter 3. And so he did. And I mean, we all burst out laughing um, because we're in the book of Colossians, right? I mean, that's pretty astounding. Of all the books to choose from, he, he chose Colossians, right? And then, last Sunday night, we have Georgian Banoff. Now, I fetch him from the airport uh, about two o'clock in the afternoon. He's just flown in. He's traveled literally halfway around the world to get here. He was in Sri Lanka, went to one side of India, then went to the other side of India, another flight, and then across to uh, Addis Ababa, and then from there down. I mean, that's a lot of flying. And he was sick. I mean, when he came out pushing his trolley, it was like one of these. I mean, he's nearly 71, but that wasn't the reason for him pushing the trolley slowly. He was sick as a dog. Sick as a dog. Anyway, so he says, no, listen, just take me home. I want to have a sleep and, um, and a couple of shots of espresso, and, and then we'll, we'll see where we go from there. We get into the car, and... Um, and we get chatting and very quickly, you know, gets onto the subject of what, what we're dealing with at the moment and talk about Colossians. And immediately his body perks up. Now, I'm not, uh, is, it was a supernatural thing. Immediately that sickness began to lift off him. Energy began to return to him as we start speaking about the word. And then he says to me in the conversation, we haven't even got to the N3, so we're still on the R24, you know, from the airport. Some of you will know. I mean, I do that. I mean, goodness, like autopilot. Um, and, uh, and so he says to me, you know, nobody ever preached about circumcision. You know, he says, I've never, ever heard anybody preach on circumcision. You know, it's just not a topic, people. So I said to him, I just preached on it this morning. But he didn't hear me. He, you know, blame it on his age, blame it on the travels, whatever. So he gets up thinking that he's doing a brand new message and he uses the exact verse we used in the morning. Come on now. How many verses in the Bible and he goes to that verse? I think the Lord's trying to confirm something to us that what we're on about is his business. And he's trying to get through to us in a very specific way. So I do not apologize for the fact that we've been taking a little bit of time as we've been going through the book of Colossians. And in fact, I feel instead of trying to rush and complete the book in the next two weeks before I go on sabbatical, I'm just going to camp and we'll let God take care of the rest. Because who knows? if a few other people come and visit and speak during the, that time, that they might be drawn to the book of? 
All right. Colossians chapter. How long must I put up with you? Come on, we're in three. All right. Colossians 3, verse 1. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Okay, that's enough. In fact, it's too much for us this morning, but just to give us a bit of context. All right. So what's going on here is uh, a little bit of a recap that, uh, that Paul is doing. And one of the ways in which Paul writes his letters, you'll see this in, uh, in Romans, you'll see this in um, uh, Ephesians. What he does is he first helps God's people come to an understanding of our, um, our position in Christ. And, um, and then from there, what our response should be as believers. All right? So this is one of the ways in which he helps us to learn what it is to live the God life. He's, he's helping shape minds according to God's way. Because man's way is I do all effort and it's all my part hoping that through my self-effort, religion, I will get to a place of spirituality. That's old covenant kind of thinking. That's religious thinking. But New Testament, New Covenant thinking is because of what Jesus has done, I'm already spiritual. Then in response to that, I now live. If you can get that, it will save you enormous trouble for the rest of your life. Hmm. Try that again. <laughs> Folks, I've got good news for you. If you can get this one thing, it will profoundly impact the way you live, the way you think. Your belief system is so important because your behavior comes out of your belief system. If you think 
if you continue to believe according to the old pattern, which is obsolete, meaning useless, worn out, needs to be done away with, trash, flush. Right? The old kind of thinking is, I must try harder, I must work harder, I must do more. And if I do more, and I try harder, and I act better, then God will love me more. And I try to earn God's mercy. I try to earn God's love. I try to earn God's acceptance. I'm trying to find my identity in Him because of my human efforts. Trying to be a good boy. <laughs> Stinking thinking. Rotten. Old. Obsolete. Flush. In Christ, you are a new creation. You are accepted and acceptable. You have a new identity. He says, perfect. But you haven't done anything. Uh -uh. It's not about the doing. It's about being in Christ. Our identity, because we believe in him, we're putting our faith in the finished work of the cross. We are not putting our hope, our trust, our quote-unquote faith in our good works, my good behavior. I am fully relying on the cross. And because of the cross, sin has been removed, the dividing wall has come down, I've been adopted into the family, I am his, I am a son, I am an heir and a co-heir. I am now royalty. My identity is I am his. Come on. Just remember Jesus. He's starting out his public life. For 30 years he's been hidden. Playing with wood and various other things. Actually, it's more than that. Tektron means a builder. It's a construction worker. Would build, yes, with, with wood, but also with stone. I mean, it was hectic stuff. Jesus was strong. Yeah, okay. Another sermon for another day. He's starting out. All he does is he says, listen, I'm just going to go through this this prophetic action of water baptism, not because he had sinned, there was nothing imperfect in him at all, but it was to fulfill righteousness. He comes up out of the water, a voice from heaven, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Do you remember that? Mm. How many miracles had he done? How many healings? How many people had he raised from the dead? How many demons had he cast out? None. Next. 
please people, get it right. He didn't make a clay dove, breathe into it when he was a teenager and the dove flew off. That's part of the Gnostic writings. It's not biblical. Yeah? Don't buy into this thing that, oh, well, the water into wine was the first public miracle, so maybe there were other private miracles. Do not buy into that thing. I don't care who says it. How to win friends and influence people. Seriously, stick to the Bible, not conjecture. So he does this little recap, this link of the since then, is linking the doctrinal statements with some of the practical things and our, um, and our way of living in response. You see, a believer lives in response to grace. We saved by grace. In response to that, we do. Okay? So we don't fall into that other trap, which is, well, it's all grace, therefore I don't have to do anything. Uh 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 uh. Okay? It's the indicative and then the imperative. What has he done? Therefore, in response, what do we do? There is a what do we do? If you love me, keep my ah, in red, words of Jesus. If you love me, keep my commands. There's stuff to do. Yes, we're in grace, and in response to his grace, and by his grace, and through his grace, we do. But there definitely is we do. Folks, this is good theology. If you get these things, this is the genuine. It'll save you from enormous heartache. All right. So, let's just do a little bit of a recap because kind of like that's what, what Paul is doing here in these first few verses. Remember, last week we looked at this whole thing of you died with Christ to the basic principles of this world. Okay, and then in him you were circumcised in the putting off of the flesh. So it's like that exterior, Georgian did a great job of talking about this on Sunday night. It's the cutting away of the flesh, that hardness around our hearts. Take out your heart of stone and put in a heart of flesh. I will put in my spirit within you. So it's that cutting out, almost like a surgery, and, uh, and a putting in the new. So that's the whole thing of the circumcision. It's a, the cutting off of the, the old man. All right. And we know from Colossians 2, verse 12, that we have been buried with Christ in baptism. All right. So there's, there's a dying, there's a death. All right. And just remember, we are dead, dead, dead. I mean, South Africans really get this. Yeah. Hey, dead, 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 dead. Yeah, we are dead. Huh? Dead. All right. But now, Paul actually puts a bit of a spin on this dead business um, between 
Colossians 2 and Ephesians 2 because there's a, there's a slight nuance to what is dead. So you've got to read it a little bit carefully because he's actually mixing his, his imagery here. All right? Are you awake? Can you stay with me for a bit? All right. So the one spin is that when we were walking, were, past tense, when we were walking in the flesh, in other words, our pre-Christian sin nature, we were enemies of God. Okay, so that song we sung, you know, the wild one. He came to, who would give up their son to rescue an enemy? We were the enemy. Past tense, he sent his son to rescue us while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We were his enemies. All right? So we were walking in the flesh, even if we thought we were living, we were actually dead. All right? So Ephesians 2 says, you were dead in your trespasses. This oak. Remember this oak? From last week. Okay? This guy, before we were a believer, we were living according to the sin nature. It's the only nature we had. We thought we were living, but actually we were dead. All right? So on the one hand, he's saying, listen, you were dead in your sin. The wages of sin is? Let's do it, young. Dead, dead, dead. All right? Adam, Eve, the day you eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will surely dead, dead, dead. We were born into Adam's race. All right? So, we were dead. That's the one spin he's putting on. All right? So we were dead, even though we thought we were alive. If you're an unbeliever, you're dead. You're the walking dead. All right. So that's the one spin he puts on it. Okay? Then he says, in a slightly different way, we've killed that old man, the sin nature. In other words, we died to sin. So we used to be alive to sin. I mean, that's all we knew. We did sin. We were sinners. Were. Okay, this is why it's so hard for some of us because we've heard some teaching that says we are sinners saved by grace. What sound do we make with this? Thank you. All right. So it sounds clever, you know, because we want to be humble and all the rest of it, and, but it's actually not biblically true. We were sinners, but no longer. So the Bible continues to address us as saints to the holy ones, God's holy people. He says we are holy. He doesn't say, hey, to the sinners who meet at Breakthrough Life. No, he says, 
to the holy ones, to the saints. You are a saint. You're married to the saint. Yeah? Your spouse is a saint. Yeah? Your kids, they're saints. If they believe. Your parents, teenagers, your parents are saints. <laughs> Romans 6. We know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with. This okey poke, dead, 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 dead. Funeral, dead. And in this church, we don't believe in fake resurrections, so we won't. Hallelujah. But that's not all. Paul says, we've been raised with him through your faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. God made you alive with Christ. Repeats a similar thing in Ephesians and of course in Romans. Okay? So in Colossians 3, it says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Ephesians 2, 6, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, you see, remember this guy. He's the new you. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. You are a new creation in Christ. It's the new you. Yeah? So, to recap. Because we are in Christ. See, the whole understanding of salvation. And you'll see this, particularly if you read the Greek uh, translations the NIV tends to because of trying to make it readable you know shifts and change some of the wording but for example in in the Ephesians it says in Christ in Christ now that you are in Christ and so in Christ in Christ Paul says it over and over and over again because the reality is that for a believer, we're going to get to it just now, that our lives are hidden in Christ. The reason that we are righteous is because we have put ourselves inside of Christ. Therefore, we are the righteousness of Christ. When God looks at us, he sees the covering. Some of the prophetic imagery from the old covenant comes through the cross. The day of atonement was all about that your sins would be atoned for, would be covered. The blood of Jesus covers us. It makes us righteous. 
The cross goes way more than just atoning it. It completely removes the sin. We are forgiven. I mean forgiven. Forgiven like forgiven. No, no, I mean like forgiven. Not temporarily. Not like forgiven. Man, I just, I want to go after this one a bit. Seriously, people. It's been done away with. It's been removed. Don't go and dig it out again and repent again. For goodness sake, how many times must you repent before it works? I mean, if the truth, 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, says he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Like, does it say after you've repented 10 times? 15? Maybe 20? Maybe 100? Maybe 1,000? Just once. We need to think about some of the things that call us to repent again for the same things that we've already repented of. Okay, um, this is not a political statement. This is just like, let's apply the scriptures. So if I have repented for the sins of apartheid, and I did it in 1994, did it work then or not then? So I can go to Bloemfontein, I can kneel in the dust with a million other people and I can repent for my part in the sins of apartheid. Am I forgiven? Hmm. We're going to go and go get ready for elections this year. Now I must repent again for the sins of apartheid on a daily basis so that my prayers will be heard. Listen, dead, 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 gone, gone, gone. Over skidovers. Getting quiet in here. We've got to think through the implication of the scriptures. Either what Jesus said, he's the living word, either what he said is true or it's not true. Either I have assurance that my sins have been forgiven or I'm conscious, I'm, I'm perpetually kind of like, well, I don't know if I've prayed enough. I don't know if I've done enough. I don't know if I've earned the forgiveness. And I'm living as a confused bunny. Headlights are coming at me. I don't know if it's a train. I don't know what the heck's going on. Oh, I wanted to get somewhere else this morning. Because of the cross, because we're in Christ. Okay, that passage you read in your connect groups in Romans chapter 6. Do you remember that? It was only Wednesday night. It's a few days ago. Do you remember that? Five people went to connect group. Thank you. Because I'm in Christ, because I put my faith, my trust, my belief in Christ, I have been crucified with Christ. 
Why? Because I'm in him. He went to the cross because I'm in him. It's as though I went to the cross. And it killed that old sucker. The old man. (laughs) Dead. Because I'm in Christ. But on the third day, he rose again. And 40 days later, he ascended to the right hand of the Father. And now, because I'm in Christ, I'm seated with him in heavenly places. My wife asked me not to wear a black shirt this morning, so as not to confuse you. and get my wardrobe right okay so there's some applications here being seated in heavenly places all right because for a lot of us well I mean the truth is we're actually living here on the earth right we seated here on earth that's why we're praying for heaven on earth this is where we live yeah, get up in the morning, go to work. Forgive the taxi driver. <laughs> Say hi to the, the person who's at the reception desk and they're very gloomy, bloodshot eyes because they had a terrible weekend. Hmm? And then we see what's happening with the unemployment rate. We're about to get moody from Moody's. <laughs> we got all these things, but the Bible says, While we're living on earth, set your mind on things above. Set. Choose. You have to set, like you set the channel on your TV. Like you set the frequency on your radio. You have to set your mind on things above. Because if we don't set our minds on things above, we're going to be influenced by the old stinking thinking. While we're living here, all right, we're living on the earth, but we see things from a heavenly perspective. And that is what makes the difference. It's being transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's changing, that's the thing of repentance, is change the way you think, like a butterfly goes through metamorphosis. So be transformed. That transformed, like a butterfly, change from worm-like thinking into freedom butterfly thinking. Hmm? We have the mind of Christ. Yeah? So we're not looking at what's going on in the world from a worldly point of view. Because why? Oh, didn't you know? Oh yes, of course, remember, you're an ambassador. Your citizenship is in heaven. Now, while you're here on the earth, 
It's like you are now the alien. Because you come from another kingdom. And you representing, you are representing the kingdom of heaven here on earth. And you think the way heaven thinks about your life and about your future and about your finances and about everything that you do because actually this is what it's all about. Too many Christians think that this is what it's all about. Just having a little bit more peace and happiness down here. Just kind of like, yeah, if I can just get by. And then one day, whew, trumpet sounds. Ta-da! We have a marriage feast and it's a fantastic celebration. And we defer into the future what God actually wants us to bring down here into the here and now. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. While we're living here and doing this stuff, we want to see things shift and change till the whole earth looks like heaven. There was a mandate given in the garden. Tend, look after, nurture, take dominion, rule over, take stewardship over, Eden, and spread this thing. Have lots of children, be fruitful and multiply. Have lots of God workers to make Eden, which is a place of order, spread and increase so that the rest of the planet, which is in disorder, chaos, begins to resemble the order of Eden. That was the original mandate. That's not just a Sunday school story. That's God's mandate. And what was lost, Jesus came to restore on the cross. Come on, think about it. What was lost, the mandate that was lost was restored by the cross. So when we say, let the kingdom come, let heaven break into this realm, we're saying, Lord, help us cause this place to look a little bit like Eden. Oh. Oh. couple more verses for your connect group on Wednesday night. Have some cake as you enjoy that one. But how about this? So do not be anxious about anything, 
but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Come on, there's that key again. Oh, another feather here. Present your requests to God with thanksgiving, not with anxiety, not with begging, but with thanksgiving. In my house? Hey, Dad, can I take the car? Thanks, Dad. And they run out the door. (laughs) They make their petition with thanksgiving. And the peace of God, which transcends, transcends, means it's bigger, it's higher, it's above. It's at another level. It's not just confined to your earthly way of thinking. But a supernatural peace. He is the prince of peace. The peace of God One of the fruit of the Spirit is peace, right? So when this Holy Spirit is at work in you, may the peace of God, not human peace, not peace treaty, not absence of chaos, may the peace of God, which goes way above and beyond your human way of thinking, it transcends your human reasoning, rational thinking you're still facing challenges and difficulty but you're in peace it's kind of like but you should be anxious well hang on wait a minute you see I'm living with a perspective of eternity I'm on the earth you know when I was flying yesterday at 37,000 feet and I looked down at the mountain range it's kind of like, hmm, it's pretty tiny, eh? Just a hop and a skip and get over that thing. But when you're down on the ground, that mountain looks imposing. But when you're up at heaven's perspective, and the things of the earth will grow strangely dim. In the light of his glory and grace. Things change when we look at life differently. He says, it's going to guard your heart, protect your heart, protect your mind. You know your mind can run away with you. Come on. Some of us are up in the middle of the night worrying about things. Because our minds are not fixed. We're not looking at the business transaction from this perspective. We're looking at the business transaction from the perspective of everybody else. But we're not everybody else. We're not. This is our inheritance, this is our portion. This is ours. This is our identity. We are meant to be heavenly minded. 
even while we're on the planet, heavenly minded. We're thinking with heaven's perspective on the situation and the challenges. With just a word, things change. So we live with hope and expectation. It's just a word. Lord, it's just a word. My son has been missing for 22 years. In one week. Whatever the situation. God, you can do things. We can't. But we're in you. So we want to think the way you think. He sits in the heavens, not troubled about Brexit, Trump, China trade wars, unemployment rate, whether it's the informal or the formal sector. He's not worried about Moody's. God's in a perfect mood. He's not worried about these kinds of things that we get worried about. He just laughs. Why do the nations rage and conspire? Oh, he's in control. His throne, secure, eternally secure. And because we're in Christ, <laughs> look where we are. Remember? He ascended to the right hand of the Father. We're in Christ, seated with him in heavenly places. The Father is there. Son is here. We're in Christ. We're seated with him, in him, in heavenly places. By the Spirit. It's kind of like it just doesn't get better than that, guys. Let's stand. Holy Spirit, would you take these words of life and insert them into our hearts and our minds, cause us to lay hold of these truths, to, to understand who we are in Christ. To know that you are victorious and because we are in you, we also are victorious. Give us heaven's eyes for our lives. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Why don't you put your hand on the shoulder of somebody near you? Just begin to pray that they would have a fresh injection of hope and courage and boldness and peace. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We want to be transformed, Lord, by the renewing of our minds. Thank you, Lord. You are giving us the mind of Christ. 
that we can think the way you think, see the world the way you see the world, have heaven's eyes, no matter what we're facing, which is too big for us in our own selves, in our own abilities and resources. But because we're in you, we have access to the resources of heaven. We're highly favored, we're anointed, we're empowered. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. So let's say these words together. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Hallelujah. Amen.